0: what's up peeps we're back as always i'm your host lee benson thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the aew insider if you see i haven't been uploading any podcasts definitely check out our youtube channel because i'm posted on either one all the time our youtube is aew insider Uh, Remember to stick around to the end of the podcast to find out how you can win a Series 1 AEW action figure. Let's get to the show. AEW. We definitely have to tune in next week on Dynamite for the Hager vs. Moxley AEW World Title MT Arena match. It's going to be hardcore. Mark my word, peeps. They've been doing a great promo on Dynamite for it. AEW legit is so good. Now, Jake Roberts was speaking with Nick Hosman of the Wrestling Inc. Daily. He revealed that he's currently quarantined alone in a hotel. Jake said, we got to buckle down. As much as I hate it, we got to do what's smart. I'm not a doctor or anything, but that's all I hear on television. We got to go home. Just go home and stay there until the shit's gone. I'm quarantined in here. I was living in Dallas with DDP, and whenever all this started, was I was one of the excuse me, Dallas was one of the first people who said, I'm locking down. If you leave, you can't come back. Well, AEW wanted me to come out. So what did I do? I went and I did it, and now I can't go back to Dallas' house. He had a baby in the house, and nobody wants needs to be sick, especially around the baby. He took the hard line and said, dude, if you leave, you can't come back. Roberts also revealed that pro wrestling companies should stop holding events until the coronavirus is gone. We've got to all pull together. It really chats my ass to see people not paying attention to what they're asking us to do. And they're doing the same old thing as they always do. It shows you how selfish some people can be. They're going to cause this thing to last longer than it should if we would just do the right thing now. People like that should be arrested or put in jail. On Dynamite, Brody Lee took another a couple shots at Vince McMahon again tonight. He was in the suit he had a couple wrestlers lined up I guess they were supposed to be a faction one wasn't dressed like the other ones and he ripped into them about what would people think if they see them at the airport at a character what have you and you know Vince definitely did that to his talent in the past. Speaking of Vince, let's get on to WWE. WWE Champion Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury have been a feud online. This is what McIntyre had to say about it. Apparently, Tyson Fury and I are feuding now. He's been petitioning for a match with me. I want the world to know our superstars are going to get a freaking match before him. But if he keeps pushing it, I'll knock his head off when things get back to normal. About how the feud begins. It began with him, I guess, giving his predictions and mentioning that he thinks I was going to win, but that he could smash me and he'd be champion, or whatever he said. I don't know his exact words because I don't pay attention to it. A lot of people told me through text messages and social media, informing me that he called me out before WrestleMania. After I won the title, I was on TalkSport, which is the biggest sports show in the United Kingdom, and it came up. I basically said, if it ever came to it, I would face it for the title, and I would beat him. He responded to that, and it took on the like of its own. He started at number one. Number two, like I said earlier, our superstars are getting the shot first because they deserve it and they work for it. And number three, if he wants that match, that's fine. If he wants it in the UK, that's fine. I don't care. He got the deadly hands. What's he going to do when I take him down and smash him when he's on his back? Bailey talked about her haircut and how Vince reacted to it. I I had just cut my hair. It was me cutting away the old life I was living. So it was symbolic. But honestly, the night that I came out with the short haircut, I just did it that morning or that afternoon, actually inside the arena. Jackie, who was my awesome makeup artist that works for WWE, is also a hairstylist. So she came up with this idea, and it matched my idea, and we went with, with it. I feel like every time she cuts it for me, we just keep going shorter and shorter because I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it. So I'm just at that stage of trying different things. I love it. At first I was in shock, but now I love it. Mainly because I don't have to use so much shampoo or conditioner as long and I don't have to use the hairdryer as long either. She also said the whole day when I first did it, I was like, oh, my God, I made a mistake. What did I just do? I actually had to go see the WWE chairman, a.k.a. Vince McMahon, to show him my hair. Once he saw it, he was like, oh, I love it. It looks awesome. Then that calmed me down a bit. But then I also had to come home to my fiance. He loves long hair. And he was like, oh, no, I like it. It looks good. And I was like, "Okay, I feel a little bit better about it. So I'd say it took about four days to where I was. It took me about four days to where I was happy with the choice. And from myself, that does surprise me because in the past, you've heard tons of stories. If you want to dye your hair, if you want to cut your hair, if you want to get a tattoo anything like that. It all has to be run past the higher-ups and approved by them first in the WWE. They made, uh, excuse me, for example, Baron Corbin Corbin, wait almost eight months until he was able to cut his hair. Paige wanted a huge tattoo across their chest, and they wouldn't let her do it. All right, Pete, we'll take a break real quick. We got a real, real good show, so make sure you come back. All right, Pete, let's finish up this show. Like I said, I like to talk a lot. Obviously, I do these podcasts, but this motherfucker's out of control. I even had to cut down a little bit else of what he had to say because we'd be here all night. Now, on what Cornette thought of the match being a good movie fight. Truthfully and honestly, it got disturbingly realistic as a violent movie fight scene, did it not? I mean, as far as movie fight scenes go, it was fucking disturbingly violent with the groaning and the heaving. And I even wrote it down. I said, God damn, I hope Undertaker is never going to fucking wrestle again, because now i have seen him down and groveling and grasping for breath, heaving and puking. It takes his mystique away. But for a movie fight scene, this was somewhat fucking violent. But at the same time, it was obviously bullshit because of the way they built it up and the way they were doing it. And on the ending of the match, a group of Druids came out. Gallo and Anderson made an appearance back and forth. The Druids were fighting the Undertaker. I didn't understand it. Maybe it was the Dark Order. Or maybe they're trying to take their opportunity and get rid of the big star. But anyway, then the Undertaker gets knocked into a grave and AJ goes on a bulldozer to dump dirt on him. And Taker's done. It's a great job of selling. You've never seen the Undertaker sell like that before. My God, was he fucking selling? But then suddenly he's behind AJ on the bulldozer and he's not selling anymore. Now I kind of agree, man. I mean, for a fight scene, it was awesome. When AJ, when he was carrying him, had him above the graves like, please, please. Please don't bury me. Please don't bury me alive. Like, that was fucking awesome. The Druids attacking the Undertaker, I didn't get either. Is it because he gave his Undertaker gimmick up and became the American badass? Or like Cornette said, on the same hand, he was the American badass for most of the match, but then he was the Undertaker and he was unbeatable. So I don't know. It kind of didn't make sense. But that was my favorite match at WrestleMania and then a Firefly House match after. All right, a few more details have come to light about Joe Exotic holding a wrestling event and commentating at it at his zoo. Apparently, there is a connection between Joe Exotic from Netflix's hit series, Tiger King, and pro wrestling. As the story goes, Joe had done commentary for NWA in 2014. He was an re- for an indie wrestling promoter, Robert Langdon. He spoke about when Joe worked. Joe and he worked several shows between 2014 and 18. Joe knew nothing about wrestling, and we knew this. Uh, adding to that, he paired he was paired with Joe and two other veteran announcers in a commentary booth. We spent a lot of money on that show to make sure that Joe looked professional anywhere that we can try to put on a show, we're going to try to do it. But the most outrageous one is doing it at a zoo. It was really different. We didn't pull a large crowd, so I kind of lost my butt on it, but it wasn't about the money. It was about the animals, and I would definitely love to see it. I see a video of them commentating, but I didn't get to see it at the zoo. That would be awesome. All right, peeps. If you do want to win a Series 1 AEW action figure, I made it a little easier because a lot of people are doing one or two things or doing everything or not doing anything at all. So from, if you already did your stuff, I have you all written down ready to go on a raffle. But from this point on, like I said on my last YouTube video, if you want to be entered to win a Series 1 AEW action figure, you got to go to our YouTube video. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed, like and share and comment on the video. So subscribe, like, share, and comment on any of our videos, and you are in the running to win an AEW action figure. Remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube, under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter, under the AEW Insider 1, as the number one. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. and thank you so much for joining us for the AEW Insider, and I'll talk to you peep soon. Ciao. All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and also on Twitter under the AEW Insider One, as in the number one. Let's get back to WWE. Now, WWE is finally selling a, it's such good shit, t shirt which I will be buying ASAP. If you don't know, or if you do know, when Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley, left WWE, he did talk as Jericho, and he told how the writers would make some bullshit storylines if you would bring it to Vince. Most of the time, he'd still go with it and say, that's such good shit. So it's funny that WWE is finding humor in it and turning it into a profit. Uh, it has also been revealed that Vince wanted to bring back the Brawl for All tournament. If you remember back in the day, they actually had a boxing tournament that ended one boxer's career. It was Bart Gunn, Billy Gunn's either real life brother or just his tag team partner brother? But I think they might have been in real life. After that Brawl for All uh, loss, no, he won it actually. But after that, his career was done with. uh, Joan. Pierre Marini said, incredible job with both seasons of Dark Side of the Ring. Funny story. While on a creative in either 2009 or 2010, Vince wanted to do another brawl for all with the guys competing on NXT in its original format. And he had to be talked out of it. And that's right. Episode four of Dark Side of the Ring is up and it's awesome. And then also New Jax was up and that is amazing too. Definitely check it out. NXT General Manager William Regal announced an interim champion cruiserweight championship tournament during today's episode of The Buck. An interim title is used when a champion is temporarily unable to defend their championship due to reasons outside of their control, and that is the case with WWE's Cruiserweight Championship held by Jordan Devlin, who is currently unable to travel to the U.S. for upcoming tapings. NXT will now crown their first ever interim champion during a tournament. Who, if WWE follows the standards of boxing and MMA, will be the mandatory challenger for Devlin when he can travel, so he'll get a shot back at it. It will be interesting to see what happens with the NXT Tag Team Championship because uh, actually Pete Dunne is stuck over there also, so that's pretty crazy. Random wrestling news. Jim Cornette weighed in on a Boneyard match, and as always, he had a lot to say about the build to the match. When I watched the package, and once again, great editing job on the package, the heavy stuff that AJ was saying about Michelle McCool, I had not watched this whole thing unfold. We switched off the show as soon as it apparently got to a couple good segments. But I didn't know they finally made Taker. They finally given up and said, okay, they're going to make him a human being. Taker's human. We're going to acknowledge this. Mark Calloway the whole nine yards, but they tell the story well. And this was somewhat, it was personal enough to where it felt a little fucking pointed. I had flashbacks to the buried alive match. On that match being what Vince McMahon has been wanting to do. And I just hear that has been wanting to do. I think that's total crap. Cause as we know, like I and I don't mean to cut into the middle of this, but you know, I don't bite my tongue either. Now, I love the Boneyard match and the John Cena match. I thought the Boneyard match was better. But it's crazy that they would not let pretty much the creator of those type of matches, Matt Hardy with to Delete and all that, do it in WWE. He, they made him leave the company and go to AEW. Now they're producing these things like fucking crazy. So that's nuts, man, if you just ask me. All right, let me see. All right, now here's what he said about Vince McMahon has been wanting to do this. This is what they have always wanted. They had made wrestling a fucking movie. And here is the problem. Much like the first ladder match, Michaels and Razor on mainstream basis gets over. So it's going to continue on. Now that they have done this, they're going to do it more and more. It's going to get worse and worse, and it's going to be as novel, and it's not going to have The Undertaker in it. It's going to get further and further out because Vince has always wanted to be a movie studio. Kevin Dunn's always wanted to be a big-time TV producer as well as a double-naught spy. They've all had delusions of grandeur. The WWE films or WWE films, whatever the fuck it is, sorry, he said WWF or WWE films, whatever the fuck it is, they're going to do more of this because they got away with it. On the match itself, here's the thing. I didn't know how to make notes on this because what the fuck? It's not wrestling. How do you critique a match? Uh, that's not wrestling this proves what i've always said and what we talked about here the last couple of weeks about being the boys being better than hollywood stuntman because they do things at one take without the benefit of camera angles because they have an audience on all four sides of them and that's been borne out by a lot of people that have worked in movies this looks better than them than most movie fights but this wasn't wrestling both of these guys look like fucking movie star- stars. You would have bought this in a the theater, but it wasn't fucking wrestling. The Undertaker should be a badass fucking movie star, an uh, action movie star, because the under- when The Undertaker started talking like Mark, who is badass in real life, you could buy him in, in the same kind of movies that Steve Austin and The Fucking Rock had made. But it wasn't fucking wrestling. It was a masterful performance of camera work and cinematography, but it wasn't wrestling. If you have done something like this with the wrestlers that weren't saying currently on national television, uh, they were mad at each other, hated each other, wanted to beat the fuck out of each other. If this was a movie just between the two fucking wrestlers, it would have been hailed as the greatest fucking fight scene and had more twists and turns than Peter Griffin versus the giant chicken. But to be presented on a program with a package and all the buildup had led you to believe that AJ was really saying these horrible things about Undertaker and his wife, and Undertaker really wanted to get even, and then the way they settled this is an obviously cooperating in a cinematic masterpiece. But again, it's not fucking wrestling. And cheese. I thought I like to talk a lot and talk over my words sometimes. He's the king of it. I got to take a break, Pete. So we're going to get back to what else Cornette thought about it, even though you'd think he would have said enough already. And plus, we got some more details about Joe, uh, Joe Exotic holding that wrestling event at his Tiger Zoo. We'll be right back.